Hey, Spook Squad listeners. All right, I got some disappointing news to start out the episode this week. Now, I always told myself I was always going to be completely honest with our listeners because transparency in the podcast producing process is important to me. So I'm going to be completely honest with you about what's going on right now, about where Allie is. So let's just get it out there. Allie is... The Oceanic 7, there's the Oceanic 6, Allie's the Oceanic 7, and she is in the year 1974, and she is on the island from Lost, and she is battling the smoke monster, and that is what's happening right now. Let's just say it. Let's just say it. That's what's going on. And I'm not proud of the fact that I'm not there to support her, but, you know, I have a responsibility to the podcast to put out weekly content for all of our devoted listeners, for all of you. And I think Allie would want me to be here putting out this super specific deep dive episode this week. And that's precisely what I'm going to do for you guys. So thank you so much for understanding. I'm going to try and time jump this week and rescue her. So more updates next week. All right, on to the episode. Spook Squad listeners, welcome to another week for another episode. Welcome to our first deep dive, actually. I am so excited for this. We are, for the first time, going to be really, really dissecting a film, getting into what works and what doesn't, talking about a key component in particular of film in general that influences all of that and all of us. So, Just be warned, there are definite spoilers ahead, for sure, major spoilers, like the whole movie. I'm going to talk about literally everything that happens and the ending. I'm really going to spoil it, so uh, just keep that in mind. But let me tell you this, even if you have it spoiled, I encourage you to watch the film and draw your own opinions, because it is a well-made film, and I think it's a film that you need to draw your own opinion on. This is just mine. But in order to get into this next segment, I'm going to need a little help from our house band. Please welcome the severed heads in my basement. Take it away, Chip. You got it, bad. One, two, three, four. How is any of this possible? You don't have vocal cords. You're not alive. You can barely talk. Uh, and you sound lovely. Thank you so very much, Severed Heads. Okay, so today we are going to be talking about Nicholas Pesci's 2018 film, Piercing. But in order to do that, we have to talk about who Nicholas Pesci is in the first place. And who he is is very interesting because he's an extremely talented writer and director. In particular, I'm thinking of his 2016 film, The Eyes of My Mother, which is a whole other episode because, in my opinion... It's a 10 out of 10 film, seriously shot for shot perfect, and in 2016, it scandalized and polarized audiences at Sundance who had no idea what to make of it. It's beautifully filmed, and it's totally shocking and unforgettable. Brilliant filmmaking that I can't spoil any further, but I'll just say it was controversial, and it was his film debut, so Obviously, I was foaming at the mouth, scratching and itching for more Nicholas Pesci films. Where is more stuff from this guy? Well, I had to wait an excruciating two years for this. Piercing. Now, Piercing is based on Ryu Murakami's 1994 novel of the exact same title. 
Now, a little about Murakami. He is one hell of a writer, let me tell you. Now, I say this with love in my heart, but if you Google Ryu Murakami, there is not one picture of him smiling, not even one. So this is the kind of guy that we're dealing with. He's a bit of a prolific writer, has written short stories as well, but in particular, I'm thinking of his outing Audition, which influenced the film of the exact same name. And I have to tell you, Audition is arguably one of the most infamous horror movies of all time. Now, I want to talk about Audition more in another episode, but in order to explain how this writer influenced Piercing, among other things, I need to spoil Audition. So, I'm sorry. Skip ahead about one minute if you don't want Audition spoiled for you. All right, here we go. So someone once told me that the best way to view Audition is for you to be given an unmarked DVD case from a friend that you trust, knowing nothing about it previously. And I agree. To summarize, Audition feels like a grim, messed up romantic comedy for the majority of its runtime. Seriously cheesy and crazy soundtrack and camera angles as well. But it ends with one of the goriest and most unforgettable torture scenes on film. Seriously, the stuff of nightmares. It is beautifully beautifully shot and it's an exercise in restraint with a violent unforgettable release that seriously makes an impression on you i mean i'm talking limb cutting i'm talking needles i'm talking whoo yeah whole other episode shout out to takashi miike for that yeah so murakami's the guy who wrote this thing and pesci adapted it so what is piercing about Well, Piercing is about a businessman named Reed who kisses his wife and his baby goodbye for a business trip, makes a plan to kill a sex worker while he's away. It's not a business trip at all. The whole film is about Reed's night trying to do exactly that. That is the film. But before we get any further into the exact details of the film, we need to talk about audience expectations. And to explain what I mean by that, We're going to have to talk about a couple other things, like Lost and this new season of Game of Thrones. And specifically for horror, M. Night Shyamalan's The Village. Do you remember that movie? M. Night Shyamalan's The Village came out around the early 2000s, kind of in the heyday of Shyamalan when everyone was really, really into his films. Almost everyone I talk to, though, hates The Village to an almost irrational extent. And I'm not here to defend the virtues of The Village. I'm only here to say this. I believe that a lot of why people hate that movie is because of the way that it was marketed. The trailers made the movie look scary and mysterious, and (laughs) it wasn't. If you've seen it, you know exactly what I'm talking about. It was almost like a romance or a drama in a way, with some horror elements, sure, but if you were going into it expecting another Sixth Sense or another Unbreakable or something, of course you were going to hate this movie. So... This is only to say that audience expectations can frame your perspective going into a film. If you know anything about piercing, even one single detail that compelled you to go see it, you have some expectations about what you're going to see. So, let's talk about how piercing plays with those expectations. So, Piercing literally begins with Reed, who is played by Christopher Abbott, looking at his newborn child and visibly restraining his urge to kill, 
it's chilling. We get the sense that Reed is messed up like really early on in the movie, despite the complete normalcy of his interactions with his wife as he's quote unquote leaving on a business trip. Uh, This is also about the time that I should tell you how this film looks and feels because uh, it's something else. This film is shot in a sleek, stylish manner that's kind of uh, reminding me of some Nicholas Winding Refn work, particularly the glossy, gritty nighttime of Los Angeles in Drive. Uh, This film makes prominent use of jazz music in the soundtrack, uh, but there's also a notable appearance of the band Goblin's score to Dario Argento's classic film Deep Red, and it kind of shows you even more influences to this film, like classic giallo. Like, this is clearly where Nicholas Pesci is drawing influence from in some ways, from the beautiful sets to the beautiful picturesque shots. This makes it all the more unnerving when we see what Reed is doing when he gets to his beautiful hotel room, repeatedly knocking himself out with chloroform and timing it to see how much he would need to use to effectively knock a woman out for the length of time he wants. Then he literally times himself as he pantomimes the motions of dragging the body to the bathroom, slitting the throat, dismembering the body, cleaning the room, all of that. And yo, I gotta shout out this scene for the brilliant sound effects used in it. As Reed pantomimes everything, you can hear the body dragging on the floor, the blood splatter in the bathtub, the knife cutting through the body, and there's nothing there, but it is super chilling and super real. It's kind of almost darkly comedic. But when the sex worker... Jackie, played by Mia Wasikowska, shows up, uh, things change in a real big way. Uh, Reed is awkward, and he sucks at this. This meaning killing. Uh, There are some real awkward small talk scenes during this, and uh, Jackie seems to be kind of trying to loosen him up. And keep in mind, she thinks this is for sex, and he's like very awkwardly like shutting her down, and her feelings get hurt. She locks herself in the bathroom. And then he finds her in there. He breaks the door down. He finds her in there pretty violently and shockingly self-harming herself. Uh, That's pretty rough to watch. But here is kind of where things start to get weird and where the tone of the film changes pretty drastically. Because, see, that previous scene leading up to the self-harm is almost unbearably tense at certain points because of the awkwardness, but also because we just saw Reed practice killing. But now he's comforting her and taking her to the hospital. And folks, the film gets pretty funny, like darkly funny, sure. But these next scenes are definitely played for laughs. I mean, Reed tries to, like, run away, but he gets worried about Jackie getting away and making him look bad, so he rushes to hide her in the room, and, like, it's borderline slapstick, but with extremely grim implications. Then we see Reed waiting outside the hospital for Jackie to get out. She's in there to get treat for her uh, self-harm, and he calls his wife from a phone booth in a slick split-screen shot, but it's super clear that this scene is just Reed's delusion or a mental illness or whatever. It's like his wife is literally, like, egging 
egging him on to kill like she knows what's going on and says, oh, she wants it. Like, that's totally, she knows what's going on. She wants you to kill him. And the tone is very much like that of Ryan Reynolds' horror movie that came out a few years ago, The Voices. Uh, Dark delusions being played very much for laughs. It's humorous. And I'll admit that some of it is effective. It's just, you know, you get a bit of tonal whiplash going from scene to scene, if you know what I mean here. It's very jarring. Uh, Even at Jackie's apartment, which is kind of the third act of the film, the tone is still pretty funny. Reed has somehow deluded himself from that phone call into believing that Jackie knows that he wants to kill her, and she's totally okay with it. She even likes it, which leads to a really tense and awkward conversation where Jackie thinks that she's talking about sex while Reed is talking about killing. I'm talking about stuff like, well, how long do you think it will last? He's like, oh, I really think I'm going to take my time, (laughs) you know, stuff like that. Uh, And But it gets briefly scary again here when Reed admits that he's killed in the past and that he liked it and that he needed to do it again. And then Jackie says, can we eat first? It is an extremely frustrating moment as a viewer. So why? Why do I break down this film in so much detail? Well, listeners, let me just say it. No one dies in piercing. In fact, I would argue almost no blood is shed in piercing, and the only time that it is, it's from a self-harm scene. There are some scary dream or drug sequences, sure, but they're very abstract in their violence and what they are portraying. It gives you a little bit of backstory, but really not much. The truth... The movie ends with Jackie about to kill Reed, totally wise to what he's up to, and Reed just says, Can we eat first? Cut to black. Come on! No way! That's the end. Seriously. Little cutesy, wouldn't you agree? Kind of a little check, please, for my taste, but what do I know? So how are we supposed to feel? If you watched The Eyes of My Mother, if you heard the plot summary, if you even just knew Ryo Murakami wrote Audition, you would have some expectations for violence, and that's okay. And so if you're disappointed by piercing, that's okay. The fact is, piercing is very much aware of that expectation and seems to exist to play with it. Throughout the whole film, you're never quite sure of who's in control. Jackie might seem oblivious at first, but later you really start to question like just how much she knows or even what her intentions are for like bringing Reed back to her apartment. The whole movie, you can never tell if the comedic tension is about to break and give way to sheer and utter horror. The whole movie is waiting, 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 and holding your breath and wondering and feeling your expectations and theories and perceptions being yanked and tugged every which direction. So, of course, it doesn't really have an ending. Just like Lost, just like Game of Thrones, those were experiences. Playing with our expectations was the entire point. Lost, in particular, was a show entirely about creating mysteries and setting up premises that they had no intention of ever seeing to the end. It was just about the mystery. And as a viewer, millions of us got caught up in that. Similarly, piercing is about playing with those feelings. It's about style, aesthetic, and substance. But it isn't about psychological trauma, life, and death like the original novel was. And it's up for you to decide how you feel about that. For me, 
piercing is incredibly interesting, and I almost want to watch it again just to see if I can appreciate its stylishness without the expectations that I had going in. However, it would be impossible to completely understand what piercing truly is without expectations. And that's going to be a wrap for us today, folks. Please subscribe to the podcast on your podcast client of choice and follow me on Twitter at SpookyGuyDan. This is Dan signing out. (laughs) 